Welcome to the third episode of Campus Conversations. I'm Brian Nolan, and I'm honored to be joined today by Colonel Dan Bishop, who is no stranger to this institution. And our hope today is to learn a little bit about some of the services that we provide to veterans and their families here at ETSU. But I want to get started by just giving you the opportunity to let campus know a little bit about you, your background, and what brought you back home to ETSU for your second engagement. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, it's great to be back. Um, so started here uh, 10 years ago, time flies, uh, when I received- We both had brown hair. <laughs> that, that's it, that's right. I always wanted to do an ROTC assignment. Um, and so when we got orders for East Tennessee State, um, we didn't know where Johnson City was. It's funny how those things work out because this is exactly where we were meant to be. Um, so ran the ROTC program here at ETSU for, for two years. Um, and fell in love with the place, um, quite obviously. So went, went from not knowing where Johnson City was to you know now you fast forward and after Army retirement, um, being able to get back here was, um, you know, sarcastically, I think Dr. Sherlin, or I responded to Dr. Sherlin when he said, hey, is there any way we can talk you into coming back um, to, to East Tennessee from, from Washington, D.C.? And it was very easy to say, I mean, of course. Um, so spent 26 years in the, in the Army total. Um, the two here that I spent were, were our absolute favorite, um, not only professionally, but just, just personally for the family. Um, had, just had a wonderful time here. So one of the things that I love about the opportunity to engage in conversations is the chance to meet people in their space. So as I look around your office, there are more interesting pieces of your history in this office than probably any other office. Talk to me about this heavy piece of machinery in front of us. <laughs> Happy to. This was uh, from my lieutenant days. And so I started off as an armor officer um, with, with M1 tanks uh, many moons ago in, in the late 90s. And um, a much younger uh, Lieutenant Bishop um, decided that during his, his driver's training uh, on an M1 tank that uh, there was an old army commercial that would show an M1 flying through the air. Well, what they didn't show you in that commercial was the landing. And so um, I decided it would be a good idea to see if I could replicate that. Um, and it worked. Um, I went down a hill and went off a little ledge and the, the, the tank didn't in fact fly for a short period of time. And then it landed. And, um, and this big piece of steel that runs through the entire um, width of the tank um, I hit so hard on that 70 tongue with that 70 tongue monster that it snapped it in half. So you're the first person I've ever met who's willfully and knowingly broke a tank. Yes, yes. Uh, and I paid for it by by manual labor and, and pounding that out with a with a sledgehammer. So this this was my I'll call it my reward um, for for uh, for my foolishness many years ago. Well. It, Speaking of foolishness many years ago, and I'm trying to recall if this was with you or with Colonel Jeffress, but I know I trained with ROTC when you ran the program. Did you make me do push-ups or was that Jeffress? <laughs> no, I think we both probably did. And then uh, if I recall back then, um, you, you, it was our, I think one of my cadets back in the day might have hurt your back at, at some point. No, uh, the young man who became a chaplain, yep. um, African-American student, who went on to the chaplain corps broke my ribs playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, we play, we play, they play a little rough over there, but I, I know you hold your own. Well, one of the things that I always enjoyed about your leadership, and I saw this even after you left, is you would come back for commissionings. 
and you continued to return until all of your cadets had graduated and commissioned from the institution. And it was that connection of service to veterans and their families that I think really drew you back here. So let's talk a little bit about your new role. So you've been in this capacity for a little bit more than a year, but provide an overview of the types of supports and services that your office provides to veterans and their families here at ETSU, but then maybe step it back and talk about veterans and their families across the region as a whole. Yeah. Because no. it's more than just the campus. Oh, yes, sir. And, and uh, perfect, perfect post-Army retirement job because um, it was hard to retire. Um, I don't miss the grind of the Pentagon, certainly, but I love the Army. Um, and loved um, love just the military family. And so this was a perfect opportunity to, yes, take the uniform off, but then also continue to find a way to serve and, and specifically with the, with, with the military family that we've, we have here in the region. Um, and so really in our capacity here in uh, military and veteran services offices, you know, first there's one, it's it really acting as the, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll call it the liaison between um, ETSU offices and, and, the, uh, and the VA. Um, so if a veteran or dependent comes here with VA benefits, um, really in simple terms, we verify that, the, that they have those benefits. We verify that they're a student in good standing and merit, really marry those two statuses up and, and we get the, the ball rolling in terms of, of benefits that a, either a student will personally get directly or um, in the case of tuition and fees, what, what will go from the VA to, to the university. Um, the the other one is is you you alluded to is just is external support um, and I love the the opportunity to go to each and every uh, veteran service organization um, or even if they're not a ver veteran organization but they're an organization that often seeks to, to to support veterans the the Red Cross is a great example and really represent ETSU at, at, at a lot of the, in a lot of those organizations and tell our story because we, we have a, we've got a fantastic story to tell. Um, so really that's one of my favorite part, part of the, parts of the job is, is just getting out there and, and talking to the community and, and frankly bragging about what we're doing here. Um, and then really trying to, to be part of the, what I'll call a, a regional uh, ecosystem that we're really trying to, to foster here um, where, you know, at the state level, they've talked about Tennessee being the, you know, the, the location of choice for, for veterans, for service members leaving the military. And, and we, think, we think specifically Northeast Tennessee is the place they should come. Um, we've got one of the best VA medical centers, I would argue the best VA medical Just center. celebrated their 120th anniversary. Yes, sir. And I, I'm a patient there. I can speak to the quality of service across the street. Um, and then we've got a community that's, that not only welcomes veteran veterans, but you know, obviously, you go back to just the regional history and the Over Mountain Men. Um, this this region's got a history of service and specifically military service that um, you know rivals anywhere in, in the country. So um, obviously, I I fell in love with this place, and and so I I'm thrilled with the opportunity to um, to try to draw more of our family here to to the region and specifically to ETSU. And if they're not going to school, then ideally we get their kids to come here to go to school. Give us a sense of the scope of services that you provide to a young individual who is coming back to college to embark upon life after service. So I'm glad you, you asked that question because unfortunately, um, across all of the services, the, the transition process where you are leaving uniform and re-entering into the civilian, civilian world um, 
just frankly, is not it, none of the services handle yeah, it. It's very not well. a smooth handoff. It's not a smooth handoff. And so oftentimes when we get veterans here, it's it's one just making sure they understand what their benefits are, and um, and not just referring them to a website, but we try to get them here on campus again. Not only because I think once I can get them on on campus, I I can I can walk them around and show them what a, a wonderful place this is, but we sit them down here and we actually walk them through. This is how you. This is a, how you apply for VA education benefits. More broadly, this is how you this is how you apply for VA medical benefits. And if it's something we can't service, then we do a warm handoff with a veteran service officer that's that's in the county. So you're providing that not only here, but you're making that outreach and connection across the street at the VA. We are, and we pride ourselves. And quite obviously, we want everyone to come here to ETSU, but we will talk to anyone and and everyone. If, if you've got um, a, a question on how to manage your education benefits, um, we will service all. And so one example is we've really focused on National Guard and Reserve units um, in the immediate region and beyond Tennessee and Southwest Virginia and we're expanding into Western North Carolina. And um, the majority of those service members are not going to come to school here to ETSU. Uh, we do the best we can to try to talk them into coming here and we're having some fair success um, but regardless of where their where where their their education dream lands them, um, we will help them get to where they want to be. And so, um, so we really pride ourselves on just it's just it's a culture of service here in the office that that all of us um, um, you know think very dearly of. Uh, and that's wonderful to hear because that's the same approach we take as an institution when we're in high schools or community colleges or in job fairs. It doesn't matter where you go to school two-year, four-year public-private certificate associate's degree. It's just that you position yourself to be successful in your career aspiration. So you're doing the same thing for vet students. So when those students arrive, you've got a full portfolio of services. Talk to us a little bit about some of the services that are available in the MARC. Well, one of the, beyond the MARC, if, if you don't mind, sir, all, one reason why we're so successful and, and on the recruiting side, getting them to come here, though, are the resources that the university provides um, beyond, in addition to Mark, and I'll yeah. touch on that in a second. Um, but you look at the, quite obviously, VA education benefits if they come here. There's a lot of veterans and dependents that frankly don't have access to those, those VA education benefits. And so ETSU offers a, n a number of different things. Um, they offer specific scholarships to veterans, $1,500 a semester for, for, for veterans. Um, for military dependents, it's a it's $1,000 per semester. Um, recognizing that oftentimes, especially when you're dealing with federal benefits, there's a delay. Um, ETSU offers um, a tuition and fee deferment um, for, for our military affiliated students so that you know, you don't, you're not having to pay until that last day of the semester, so that gives you time for all those federal benefits to sort of to line up the way they're supposed to. Um, and then the, the, uh, the military um, affiliated student resource center downstairs, the MARC for short. Um, and for veterans, um, and anyone that's ever been in a, um, a USO in, a, in an airport across the nation, it's a lot like um, what service members are going to enjoy. It, um, it, it those, it's, it's an oasis away from home. Um, and so you've got 24-hour access to, to Yoke Levia, swipe access with your ID card, 24-hour 24 24 access to the mark. Uh, we've, got, we've got it resourced with um, snacks and drinks, and we've got a coffee maker in there, and We've got some couches, um, computer lounge, and everyone has their own computer these days, quite obviously, but 
we've got printers in there. So you've got designated Yes, sir. Um, and then a, in a, a larger study room, you know, so if you've got a um, if you've got a study group that you need to bring in, you need some peace and quiet, um, you, you can close the door. And why I love the mark, it's open to all of our military affiliated students, but especially our veterans, um, our veterans who are just a little bit older, um, who are transitioning from what's a pretty uh, rigid and understandable, if you've been in, it, in the military, uh, chain of command and how things work in the military, and then you come here onto a college campus, and it's just a foreign world. Um, and even I'll speak for myself. Even like, okay, I'm not wearing a uniform today. I actually have to, I have to figure out what I'm going to wear. Um, it's nice to have that a little bit of oasis and retreat when they need it. Um, just ideally, it's to, just to catch their breath. We do every 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 once in a while run into a veteran that's dealing with some some PTSD issues or some other just challenges in general. And being able to come in there and speak to your fellow veterans about, um, about those challenges is just, it's an informal support network, which, which is, I'm just thrilled with. Let's jump ahead. It's, let's say, 10 years from now, so it's 2033. What do you see the scope of services and the operations that we provide to our students looking like a decade from now? If, if you could dream, um, yeah. And that includes breaking things every now yeah. and then. Yeah. Um, what would that dream look like? I really see ETSU as a, as a hub, not just for academics um, and higher education, but um, we, we really are. And there's a couple other hubs. Eastman is an example on the sort of the corporate side. Um, but um, ETSU really can serve as, as a, what I'll call the quarterback uh, in, terms of, in, in terms of synchronizing all the various and disparate service organizations that are that are all trying to to um, to serve others. Um, one frustration we have, and it's not just me, but there are so many different of those organizations here. You know, thousands of people with enormous hearts trying to trying to assist, but right now we're cursed a little bit with these cylinders of excellence, and um, and and trying to. Um, bring those different organizations together to, to work together in a coherent manner, I think is, is a goal that we really want to shoot for moving forward. Well, I think as I look forward a decade from now, as a university, it's going to be incumbent upon us to ensure that you've got the space and the support services to meet what is, I think, a, a growing base of students as well as a group of students who clearly have given their all to this nation, and we as an institution in return have our responsibility to do all to support them. So one last question, and then um, we'll bring this edition of Campus Conversations to a close. As you reflect back upon your career, other than your failed ability to fly a tank, um, what's the one thing you're the most proud of? I think, um... I, I would say that that uh, our work here, and I'll say it's our work, um, the community's work in, in making sure that the ROTC program um, remained on campus 10 years ago is something that, um, that I know my family is immensely proud of. My family and I took personal ownership of that place and it still um, means a lot to me. And so ensuring that the, the ROTC program back then survived and then, you know, after after I left, seeing the, you know, the the subsequent officers and, and NCOs come in and just build that program, 
And it kind of goes back again, where ETSU serving as a regional hub. Now ETSU on the ROTC side you know, serves as a hub for, for Army ROTC for the region. So um, I love that. Um, really, really, that's probably one of my most, most proud experiences. So some of the cadets who were in that group that you had the opportunity to work with, I know you keep in touch with them. Uh, where are some of those individuals now, and what's their rank? Yeah, um, when they're spread to the winds still. Um, there's a good chunk of them, probably about half, that are, that are out of the Army, and that's not out of the norm, um, where they you know, did their, their time honorably and have moved on to um, what I hope to be you know, leadership positions on the civilian side of the house. And then a good half are, are still in, and they're all over the place. What does, and I think this was an attempt for you to make me feel old. Major um, level now? They, they will be new majors. So they're, they're all senior level captains and, uh, and about to be um, field grade officers in, in the Army, which, uh, which does, does uh, time does fly. But um, it's fantastic. And um, now Cadet Boggs, now Captain Boggs, is a great example where um, he, uh, he just invited me. He's about to take, take a company command um, down there in Texas. Um, and called me up and invited me out for his change of command ceremony. Um, I mean, it gets me choked up just to think about that, but being able to maintain contact and still being able to, um, to help those officers um, as, they, as they rise up through the ranks is, is just, nothing makes me happier than to, than to see their success. One of the beautiful things about an institution, as a leader, you have the ability to plant seeds in young men and women, not knowing where those seeds will ultimately take root or bloom. And it's wonderful to see the things that you've done and look forward to seeing the great work that you're going to do for generations to come. So once again, thank you for joining us on episode three of Campus Conversations. I'm Brian Nolan, joined by Colonel Dan Bishop. And we look forward to seeing you in the near future. Everyone have a great, great month. Godspeed and go box. Go box.